Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to our final edition of the PowerCat Insiders podcast for the year. We might throw some in here and there as we go along, but this will wrap up basketball, and we're going to touch on some baseball in the second half of today's show. Kind of piecing this one together in the first half. Me, Tim Fitzgerald, I'll be speaking with Jay Heidrich, our basketball analyst at Go Powercat in the second half. I will talk with Matt Walters, freshly back from Houston and a Kansas State baseball road trip as we touch on K-State baseball and maybe a little women's basketball in there. But we're going to start with men's basketball, and we're sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or employer spend 4000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Well, Jay, for everything that went wrong this season, <clears throat> at least they finished on a high note. They did finish playing much better defense, nice win against TCU in Kansas City for the second straight year. This time they didn't shut down the entire basketball world because of it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, K-State played well. Shut it all down. Um, they, and instead they went on and played Baylor, which we can agree is not the same Baylor team that it was earlier in the year. Still, considering Kansas State lost to Baylor by 31 and 48, losing by six in the Big 12 tournament, seems like remarkable progress. What are your thoughts on where this team started and ended up in 2020-21? Yeah, I mean, they, they're obviously a better team now than they were uh when they started the season with the loss to Fort Hayes and a lot of the frustrations that we've talked about a lot on this, on this podcast, and, and, and you would expect to see it and you would hope to see it. And sometimes the growth wasn't as fast as some people may have liked the scene, but, but they came a long way and uh, particularly on the defensive end. I mean, towards the end of the season, that was the defensive uh, intensity that um, an effort that you would, typically attribute to a Bruce Weber team. Um, offensively, they started also getting better shots. Now the next step is going to be making shots. Yeah. I saw uh, growth in a lot of kids um, transforming from a kid who wants to, you know, take a lot of threes. I'll use Salt Miguel as an example. You know, he has really transformed his game from, you know, someone who, who looked to settle for jumpers early on to someone who looked to attack the rim. And he's really blossomed into the role of the defensive stopper on this team and, and utilizing his athletics, his athleticism, I should say, uh, to do things that really help this team. So, yeah, it, it was good to see. It was good to gr see growth. And now you just got to keep it going for next year and hopefully keep every, keep this team together um, and see what the offseason brings. One guy is already out. Antonio Gordon announced that he is in the transfer portal. I think there's more to it than just leaving here. Uh, but um, he will not be back. And I, 
He's a guy that frustrated both of us throughout his career, but he finally started to get it, man. He finally started to adapt a role as a rebounder. His defense seemed to improve. He still had some holes in his game. I wish him well, but I'm going to be blunt here, Jay. It's not a piece of the puzzle that I think is critical to K-State. I think they can find someone else to fill in those roles. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is where the misses in recruiting really come back to bite you yeah. because um, you know I, I analogize it on the board on one uh, conversation about it, it's a lot like Isaiah Maurice when Isaiah Maurice left you know it, it was a blow to K State because there just wasn't any depth at that position um, and Isaiah Maurice had started to kind of come into his own and you saw the flashes that that, that he could be and Antonio's a lot of the same way on any other top tier Big Twelve team. Uh, losing Antonio Gordon uh, would not be a big a big blow to any of those teams, but to this team, I think it is a big blow. Um, I mean, from a team that's that that's already young, um, and you know he he averaged just under six points and six rebounds a game this year for a team that averaged sixty almost only sixty two points a game um, scoring. You know, you can't afford to lose points. I mean, is Logan Landers going to come in and give you, you know, eight points a game next year, which is probably what Antonio was going to give you between eight and ten? Um, it, you know, do you see where do you see that production being made up at? So, um, on on any other team, you know, losing a player like Antonio Gordon is probably not that big of a deal. But Casey just doesn't have margin for error, and until you can say that he's going to be replaced by somebody better, I, I do think this is a loss. It's really going to hurt next year well that's interesting i i think it hurts because he started to figure out the defensive end which took him almost two full years to do it um and i think he kind of bought into uh the vast improvement we saw on the defensive side of the ball with rotations being so crisp by season's end that brings us to there will be more transfers. I think it's just inevitable. It's been inevitable for Bruce Weber's program. I mean, let's let's be honest here. They've had a lot of transfers through the years. Not a lot of them have been critical transfers, probably for Kansas State. But um, it is just ongoing attrition where you're always seemingly young because you replace those transfers with more freshmen. And just it's kind of a vicious cycle Bruce Weber's in. Now, in fairness to Bruce Weber, this is going on all across college athletics right now. The transfer portal is... It's such an attractive thing, and and everyone thinks they can go find something better on the other side. It doesn't always work out that way. There will be more transfers. For me, I've pretty much drawn my line at Pac, Bradford, and Miguel. I mean, I I would love Dejuan Gordon to stay, but really we've been sold this storyline that it's about rebuilding the program with this freshman class. So those are the three key players in the freshman class. Uh, everyone else I can self-negotiate with. You know, I can justify it like I just did with Antonio. I would love for Dejuan to stay, but we'll see what happens. Other than that, uh, you can't lose a bunch of guys, but it almost creates an opportunity if, and this is the big if, Jay Hedrick, Bruce Weber is willing and ready to get into the transfer portal and find guys coming out the other side because they can get better pretty quickly, and we've seen it around the conference, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, I'll disagree with you on Deshaun, too. Uh, I think that if he leaves, that's going to be another big blow for K-State as well, just because go back to that margin of error. You know, for example, do you know, if I told you, how surprised would you be, Fitz, if I told you that Antonio Gordon was led this team in rebounds per game this year that, no. uh, at 5.8? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so w- when you're going to say, you know, losing our leading rebounder from, from last year isn't a big deal, 
That's a big deal. Um, and you go with Dejuan Gordon too. And you look when this team played well, it wasn't just Selton, Pack, and Bradford that played well. I agree. When this team won games, and it was in games with teams like Texas and Texas Tech in that stretch where they were really close, but you could see the improvement, it was more than just those three that, that were contributing. And so, um, you know, you, you can have your big three with the freshman class, but you've also got to have someone to get in and, and, and fill those spots to be able, you know, Brown, Stokes, and Wade had uh, sneak. You know, they had Jada, they had uh, Mike McGurl, they had some people that, that played those role positions that you need someone to get six to eight points a game out of. Um, and so if you, leave, if you lose Gordon too, uh, you know, uh, again, if you can get in the transfer portal and find someone to replace them, then, then it's a wash. That's no problem. But it's, you know, no different than losing employees at a company. It takes a while to train people, get them up to speed, get them um, uh, to know what, what you're about and, and, and to acquire the identity the team is trying to fight for. And it's just not a it's just not a uh, uh, plug and play operation. College basketball is not. Well, particularly with Bruce Weber's <clears throat> defensive philosophies, it's really difficult sometimes to get guys to totally adapt into that. K State's been tied to American transfer university American Jameer Harris. Um, a twenty point score. He looks exactly like the kind of two guard they need. Um, it, it will be very competitive for him, but. I was encouraged to see K-State attached to someone because it means they are indeed looking. That brings me to this. Mike McGurl's situation is very interesting. We had a kind of a count, counterpoint uh, at uh, Go Powercat about why he should return and why he should go. And I took the why he should go side. I don't think he should go. I, I don't want him to leave, but... If they're going to go get a kid like Jameer Harris, who's a pure two, that means Mike McGurl's probably looking at a diminished role. And let's let's just really lay it out here. Mike McGurl shouldn't be starting in the Big 12. I mean, he just shouldn't. He he should be a role guy coming off the bench, and that better serves his skill set to come in as the energy guy, the defensive stopper, maybe hit a three here and there. But as his minutes increase this year, his shot production went way down. Um, his turnovers went way up. Uh, if if he's back, it has to be in a smaller role if this program's going to move forward. It, I, I'm I'm sorry, but that's just true. Yeah, if if he's playing thirty plus minutes a game next year, then. Um you're going to have another frustrating season on your, on your hands. I fear, um, you know, Mike's role is exactly like you described. He is most effective when he can come in and give you 15, 20 minutes a game. Um, he does have versatility. You know, he can spot, he's not a point guard, but he can spot someone at the point. He can play the off guard. He's athletic enough. I think even though he's a little undersized to, to guard the three and, and to spot you there. So he gives you versatility. He gives you a scoring option. He's more, he's an underrated athlete. I think, um, uh, in, in his in his leaping ability, uh, but yeah, they they've got to find someone uh, to not only take Mike's role but to take that next step. And you would think that maybe that's that is a Deshaun Gordon that could just jump into that role and take that. But and and that's where you know it, if he does leave, you know, losing someone like that is going to hurt. But the kid from America that we've seen, you know, that that seems to be the kid that 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 we need right now. Someone who can make shots. Um, uh, I think the the two things that K State has to get better at next year is 
making shots, whether it be perimeter shots or even at the lay at the rim. I mean, they were not great around the rim this year either, particularly early. And, um, but someone who can make an outside shot and then also cutting down on turnovers, um, when you're scoring 62 points a game, you cannot just give the other side additional chances, um, and fast break points and things like that. I mean, you've got to value every possession. So if they can do that, um, and, and I think that they'll have a chance and, and from my, on Mike's point, also just one other thing from a former player perspective, when you get to be a senior you know, you don't really appreciate the uh, privilege it is to play college basketball until you've been away from it a little bit. So, you know, it's easy for me and for everyone else to sit here and tell Mike that, you know, you should come back. I can't believe you would walk away from that. And me as the fat old man who used to play, uh, has been in Mike's shoes. I would tell him to go back because uh, it, 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 you, you're never going to get that, uh, that, that experience again. However, I've also been in Mike's shoes where you've been in it for four years. It's a grind. Your body hurts, and you just want to get on with something else in your life. I mean, this has con- totally consumed you. You're coming off COVID year where it was uh, you know, three times more mentally taxing than it normally is. And um, he might just want to go. He's got a great future ahead of him, whatever, whatever he does. He's a phenomenal young man. Uh, he's going to be successful at whatever he does, and he might just be willing to get ready, be ready for that next step. And whatever he chooses, you know, I'm grateful for what he did. Um, you know, uh, he went through a lot, um, and in K-State fans should 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 thank him for his time and um, and support him whatever he chooses to do. There are lots of levels of professional basketball. Mike McGurl can continue to play if he really wants to. It may not be at the highest levels in Europe or South America, but it, it'll be somewhere he can play. There's a spot for yep. him, um, yep. but. But I, I think we can all agree that his uh, his future lies beyond the basketball court. And I, I really, this is my old man moment right here. If, if I had been offered a free master's degree when I was finishing up college, I would have turned it down because I was so exhausted by the whole college. I was bored with the college experience. Um, and I would have regretted it to this day because um, I wish I had that master's. Uh, he has a chance yep. to get an MBA for free. Maybe his role's diminished. Man, I, I would tell him as a parent, if I was a parent, take it. Get that yep. MBA because it is so competitive out there right now. If you're going to be in the business world, having that MBA in your back pocket is a huge leg up. Yeah, I mean, it's um, uh, it is it is becoming more and more fierce every year in the job market. And uh, and there's a there's a certain amount of time in your life that you can you can play basketball at a competitive level at this level. And every day that goes by is one less day that you're able to do that. And if he wants to keep doing it, I think that he obviously has a lot of success and uh, whether it's professional or at K-State. You know, but it's going to be the difficult thing. And for Bruce, too, I mean, um, you know, for a coach that rightfully has drawn a lot of criticism for his uh, lack of ability to manage locker room dynamics, um, can Bruce manage that dynamics where, you know, you have your your fifth year captain this year who was the only se- senior and everyone looked up to for advice? Can Mike accept and can Bruce manage? the role of, Hey Mike, thanks. I know you're back, but you know, we really don't need you anymore. And you're, you're, you're not the man now, you know, this is our club now. And 
that that's something that shouldn't be overlooked either because that's a difficult transition to make. It really will be uh, if he chooses to come back. Uh, Bruce Weber addressed the I'm not retiring uh, thing. Um, you know, his his moment where he's going to grab the mic and say, I'm not leaving. <clears throat> um, but that was one of the greatest video tips I've ever seen uh, from the Wolf of Wall Street scene. Even if he's thought about it, even if he's going to do it, you're not going to say it right then and there. Not not 30 minutes after your team season just ended. Not when, um, even if you are retiring, you don't want the team to fall apart with a bunch of transfers. I mean, it, it just, it, I don't know. Maybe he's not retiring. Maybe he's never thought of it. Uh, but I, I know he's thought of it. I mean, that came up with his last contract negotiation, that he wanted this to be his last contract. He's not Bill Snyder. He's not going to go on forever. But... That wasn't the moment where you're going to openly discuss, yeah, I've kind of considered it. You're not even going to say that. I don't know who asked him the question at the conference, but, you know, it's a stupid question. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I know your profession, you've got the, uh, you've got the well, we just have to ask that question. No, you don't. You know what the answer is going to be. You know, it's, um, it, it's, it's a lot like people getting worked up over Gene Taylor's answer. There is no other answer um, for Gene Taylor other than Bruce Weber's our coach and will be our coach. There is no other answer for Bruce Weber other than I'm coming back next year. Um, So it's everyone talks about it. And, you know, if (laughs) if someone really expected Bruce Weber after the game to say, Yep, I'm retiring. I'm stepping down, and uh, I'm, but I'm going to stay at K State and remain in this, uh, you know, fundraising emeritus role. You know, uh, thanks for asking. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been wanting to talk about it. I mean, if someone really, uh, really thought Bruce was going to ask that question, then that probably or answer that question that way, it probably it has more. You need to check yourself in the mirror more than you need to talk about Bruce. Yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes we ask for a real answer and sometimes we just ask for a reaction you know it's kind of funny how the media works it it's what i love is when people online are like you don't ask the tough questions well what what exactly is is your goal here to ask the question or get an answer because those are two different things i mean i can bruce why does your your offense suck so bad well what do you you know i mean what kind of answer are you gonna get it's just it cracks me up how do you feel about the future of this basketball program? What do you need from next season to feel better about things? I think they got to go 500 in conference and, and make the NCAA tournament. You know, I am, um, uh, and I've gone down. I was ten and eight, but uh, but but I've gone down uh, on that. I normally take the role of I don't want to look just at the record, you know, I'm, you know, everyone uses the making the NCAA tournament as a, as a litmus test. And I really don't, um, uh, don't really traditionally have looked at that as what, you know, 50 people sitting at a conference room in Indianapolis decide, um, your fate is as, as, as a litmus test. I've always wanted to look at how's the team playing. Let's look at the season overall, but, you know, next year to me, it is a litmus test. I mean, you're, you're 500 in conference and you're, and you're uh, a decent seed in the NCAA tournament. You're not sneaking in, you know, uh, on it with a, you know, seven and 11 record or something like that. Uh, you have to show progress and, and there, um, and, and there were some statements after the game about how, you know, if this K-State team that we saw, I think Nigel Pack said it, if this K-State 
team would have played like this all year, it would have been vying for a conference title. And some other people said, you know, some other players made comments about the NCAAs next year. And that's great. I love it. But then that is the expectation. Right. Then if, if you're going to put that out there, then that's what it is. And I don't care who gets COVID. I don't care who gets hurt. I don't care if you're playing with three backup managers as your point guard. That is the expectation. No more excuses. Stop talking about it. Go get it done. It's time to stop talking about being young. Stop having all this potential building for the future. The future is now. And if you don't, and, and, if, and if the future isn't met next year, then, 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 then that's the end of it. And that, and that, that would be, that would be my, that would be my uh, hard line stance on it. I would agree with you 100%. I, I appreciated the comments the players made after the game. I'm like, no, yeah, you, you guys got to score better than, than that to be competing in the Big 12. I mean, they had such a narrow window to, to win. They pretty much had to get over 60 and keep the other team under 60. That was it. That was their window. Yeah, and if you look at the Oklahoma game, and I'm not taking anything away from Mike at all because he, he made those shots, but right. he made three shots in a row. They were down five right. with 90 seconds to go or two minutes to go, something like that, and it was and it was trailing fast. And Mike hit three tough shots in a row, which traditionally haven't gone down um, all year. They've taken a lot of those, but those aren't shots that K State makes a lot. And so, without those three shots, you're looking at a different uh, a different Oklahoma game. Now, what, taking those. Um, that's not taking anything away from Mike or the team because the other thing they did was they put themselves in a position to win that game. They put themselves in a position to potentially win the Baylor game. And that's, that's quite a feat. So what that shows to me though, is the flip side of it. You know, Bill Snyder had a, had a saying that he used to use of, um, once you show me you can do it once, I expect it every time because I know you're capable of it. And um, so guess what? When you play the number, uh, what a lot of people think is the best team in the country, uh, Baylor, uh, to a draw um, uh, in the NCAA tournament or in the Big 12 tournament, you know, that's your potential, and it should be better next year. Um, and, and no more excuses, no more learning curves. I mean, these we, we heard it all year about how K-State has more starts from freshmen than any other team in the country other than Kentucky. Well, these freshmen next year are essentially juniors. When you look at the, the playing time that they've logged in games minutes, they are the equivalent of, of every other junior in the country, not sophomores. So um, you have the experience, you have the ability, you have um, – the the core people to build around and now you just got to go do it and if you lose three transfers and it hurts your team and i don't want to hear uh well we just had some key losses and we couldn't replace them i mean it's 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 done it is it is this is it and i love the fact that the players are accepting that and they're stepping up but if and if that's what you want then it's time to go get it Amen. Amen. Your thoughts on the Big 12 heading into the NCAA tournament. Uh, I spent a lot of time over, you know, the weekend watching the Big 10 play. Uh, I'm sorry, but that conference is better than the Big 12 from top to bottom. I look at those. uh, If you want to cross-reference Illinois and Baylor, I see some similarities there. Maybe Illinois has got a better inside game, but guard-driven offense for the most part. But then I start boiling down to Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa. I'll take those teams over the next level of Big 12. I think this conference might be in for a little surprise. Now, that doesn't say I don't think there's someone or maybe even two teams are going to sneak into the Final Four. It would be fitting for this year if it's two from the Big 10 and two from the Big 12. Um, We'll see if Gonzaga can hold up. But uh, I think as 
as a conference wide, the seven teams going in, I think there's going to be some teams bounced out pretty early. Yeah, you know, I, I look at Texas uh, as a potential team to get bounced out early because they rely so much on the three ball. Right. Um, you know, which, by the way, Jericho Sims, um, whose brother Ty Sims played with me at K State, if there's a more athletic, mobile big man in the country, I don't know who that guy is because you look at that Hold guy's on. body. They're brothers? Yes. Well, that family's really hung in there for a long time. Yep. Yep. They're brothers. Um, That's yep. crazy. Jericho. Yeah, Jericho. Jericho um, was on K State's list, uh, and um, and and he wasn't happy after his freshman year, and was thinking about uh, transferring. And it wouldn't surprise me to see to, to have seen him end up at K State. He stuck with Shaka, and it's paid off for him. Right. But um, uh, you know, it. it uh, um, you know, I think every freshman is uh, at some point gets frustrated most of transferring. But um, you know, he. Uh, 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 he, he's a phenomenal player, and I think he'll be when he plays like he's the biggest man on the floor, which he is. Um, he's unstoppable. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I look at Texas to potentially get um, kicked uh, kicked early. Um, yeah, I think Tech will be in it longer than people think, just because they'll guard so well. Um, they'll keep the game low, um, but they 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 have their problem with scoring droughts too. Um, you know. He, he, in your comparison to the Big Ten, you look at a team like Iowa, right? I mean, not a, not a. They didn't win the Big Ten. You know, they they weren't in the conversation with the Big Ten. They're just kind of another team that's in, right? But who in the Big Twelve has Luca Garza uh, from 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 Iowa? I mean, that that kid's a special player. Um, and you, can, I mean, you have uh, Wisconsin as an eight seed um, in in the tournament. It is the Big Ten is just loaded this year, and I think that. The Big Twelve has some teams that can go away, but for, uh, go a long ways. But from top to bottom, I think um, the Big Ten is definitely going to be stronger than the Big Twelve. Who wins it all, Jay? Oh man, um, I think Illinois has got a good shot. They've got just as good a shot as anybody. I mean, they've got great guard play, uh, which is what you need. Um, they've got the ability. Uh, they've got players who can. Um, particularly guards who can um, put the game on their back and, and just get you a bucket. Um, and, and then they guard and they're just ferocious on the boards. It's typical uh, Brad Underwood team. I mean, they're just mean, um, nasty. So I think they've got just as good a shot as anybody. Um, I, I like Gonzaga as well, too. I mean, we don't see enough of Gonzaga uh, because they, they tip about three o'clock in the morning when I'm uh, when I'm asleep. Um, but yeah, I I just I question Gonzaga because uh, they played a great non-con, but at the same time too, going up against American University and the schools in the Big West or whatever conference they're in, um, you know, it's it's not good. No, it's not. It's not the same. I mean, they, 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 they haven't faced the same battles as a big 10 or a big 12 or ACC teams have. Very good. I agree with all of that. And I fear that COVID-19 is not done with this quite yet. And we made it through the season. We got to the NCAA tournament, 
But I think we're in for a few surprises as some teams maybe disappear from the bracket this year, which will be very disappointing. Thank you, Jay Heidrich. Appreciate it very much. On the other side of the break, we bring in Matt Walters to discuss Kansas State baseball, a pretty damn good trip to Houston for the Wildcats, right after this on the Powercat Insiders podcast brought to you by Blue Mark Energy. The Powercat podcast will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Thank you to Jay Heidrich for the first half of the PowerCat Insiders podcast. And now we continue our show with Matt Walters to talk a little baseball, slide in a little K-State women's basketball. And we are brought to you by Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy is K-State owned and K-State proud. Matt Walters back from Houston where he helped cover Kansas State's baseball trip down there to take on Northern Illinois and Rice. Matt, give us the recap of the weekend for the Cats. It was fairly productive. Oh, one, three out of four, uh, which you'll take that virtually every time. Um, you know, Kansas State very easily could have won all four, but, you know, uh, K-State got really good pitching fits. Uh, the offense was a little bit up and down. Dylan Phillips, though, uh, continues to tear it up for K-State. He had, you know, a, not just a, a really good weekend, but a great week last week. Um, thought he might have a chance to win Big 12 Player of the Week. That didn't happen, but, uh, again, K-State said so. 11 and 5 and uh, for the most part playing pretty good baseball some things they've got to get cleaned up uh, without a doubt but uh, again progress is being made and uh, I think the Cats are going in the right direction anytime you can go down to Rice and split two games with the Owls means you've done something right and boy they came so close losing that series finale one to nothing and with a late run by off an error I, be- error, I believe for the Wildcats uh, so as much as uh, they've got to feel good about the weekend. They really did let that one slip away. Yeah, they got such good pitching on on Sunday night, and again they had to wait around all day because of, of rain. But you know what? What was tough is it, it scored an error, but it was it was a uh, you know there's some credit that goes to Rice. They had the runners in motion uh, on the play when it, when it took place. Uh, Luke Beckstein took it off of his chest, which. 
Um, again, as hard as the ball was hit, that's not where the air came. The air came when he went to pick it up, and he would have been able to make a play at the plate. He had a throw. Uh, but he bobbled it, and that's where the air came. And, you know, again, uh, it was a roll of the dice by the Rice coaching staff to send the runners in motion. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kansas State, uh, I think, while that was disappointing, has nothing uh, but, uh, you know, nothing but reasons to keep their heads up. You know, I think this is a, a big week coming up. Fitz, they play New Mexico, a team that uh, they lost to, let a lead get away down in Arizona to start the season in that four game set. And, uh, you know, I think K-State will be laying for them. They're going to get, you know, a little bit of rest. Six games last week, you know, I, I think maybe uh, wiped out the, the squad a little bit. They won't say that, but that's a tough week. And, uh, you know, no midweek game. So hopefully K-State's rested up and raring to go come uh, Friday when the Lobos are here. Yeah, this is kind of, we're getting down the, the stretch of the heart of the non-conference schedule. New Mexico, go to Wichita State. Um, and then you open up with Oklahoma State. Man, Matt, baseball is it, the season. I can't believe how far into the season we are already. Yeah, we're just past the, the quarter pole already. In fact, this weekend there's two Big 12 series coming, uh, and one of those two is Oklahoma State and Texas Tech down in Lubbock, and that ought to just be a, a knockdown drag out. So I would tell folks to keep an eye on that, and when K-State goes to Stillwater next week, you know they're going to play in that, that beautiful brand-new stadium. Uh, Oklahoma State, to their credit, avoided a sweep at the hands of number 2 Vanderbilt over the weekend. They won the Sunday game. 10 to 6 and Vanderbilt's at uh, an incredibly high level and they have been for a while but Oklahoma State um, that's their only two losses of the year to this point that's going to be you know that's going to be a tough series when it rolls around but uh, you know again I like the way K-State's playing I'm curious to see how they do at uh, Wichita State next Tuesday um, you know, that's always a, a fun interstate rivalry. Uh, they're only going to play once this year due to, you know, the way things worked out scheduling wise because of COVID. Uh, but, you know, if K-State can continue to get good pitching, they can, you know, find some more guys to lean on. Uh, on the staff and, and then the offense, if, if the offense can come around and continue to do so, this could be a pretty good baseball team when all is said and done. Yeah. Is there anything in particular? I mean, you mentioned the, the broad strokes here that K-State really needs to shore up as conference season arrives. Well, defensively, you know, at shortstop and you hate to you know, just single out one guy because it's not a, it's not a one guy thing. Cameron Woman's, you know, made six errors already. Um, K-State's just got to shore some things up defensively all the way around. Uh, offensively, you know, as talented as this lineup is, uh, Pete Hughes wants to see them do better hitting off-speed material, hitting curveballs, hitting change-ups. And that's part of what caused them problems against, um, you know, Northern Illinois and, for that matter, Rice on Sunday night. Just right now, they're they're struggling against lefties and they're struggling against off-speed pitches. And, and when you get into the Big 12, you're going to see, you know, great pitcher after great pitcher who has – Really good stuff. So I would say those are a couple of areas, you know, to keep a, a close eye on. Well, it's been interesting. I know fans are fired up for baseball, Matt. It's going to be good to have them home for the weekend. Hopefully we have good weather. Um, and I hope they can get the capacity up at the stadium. I, I feel like there's a far greater uh, desire to see baseball right now than what the capacity is being allowed to be. 
Yeah, right now it's uh, you know 25%, so that's just under 600. And you know, fingers crossed, would love for that uh, to go up. And trust me, the kids would love for that to go up. The the crowd's been pretty good so far. And you know, when when that place is full and when Twin Family Stadium is loaded, it is an awfully tough environment because everybody is right on top of you. Yep, indeed. A little personal question here: You've moved out of the full-time media business, but a trip like this has to be fun for you. I mean, you know, kind of just have a whole entire weekend where you're just doing nothing but calling baseball. I know that's your love. Well, it was, it was fun, Fitzy, just because when K-State first tasted pro season play was 2009 and it was in that very ballpark. Um, they were in the rice regional K-State got uh, within a win of getting to a super regional and they would have gone to LSU. So yeah, brought back just a, a flood of memories and yeah, I mean, I, I love football and basketball and, and obviously baseball is the one I've done the longest at K-State. I, I think I'd, there's other things to worry about, but I think this is my 27th year my God. of doing baseball. Uh, so yeah, how time flies, but um you know, and just uh, to see this team compete down there, baseball at Kansas State uh, is going the right direction. Great facilities. It means a lot. Uh, K-State's heavily invested in it, and uh, this team is invested in it, and it's fun to watch them fun to watch them play rice is is not quite what rice was 12 years ago but still they've got talent they're a good baseball team in northern illinois was you know for a one-win team they they outplayed k-state and rice a couple of times so uh but yeah it was it was a fun weekend and i i really love it when we get into big 12 play and uh that's that's when you get down to brass tacks and things really ramp up competitive wise kansas state women's basketball season comes to a halt in kansas city with a really disappointing loss in the quarterfinals to west virginia uh, Matt, it was kind of a controversial end as the Cats finished their season at nine and eighteen in that in that game against West Virginia. Take us through that. Well, it, it was un- unfortunately for K State what cost them in that game is really what hurt them most of the year. Uh, it hurt them twice against West Virginia. It hurt them against plenty of other teams because what happened was uh, and it was on everybody's scouting report and that was pressure the daylights out of kansas state and you know again it was it was rough uh the officials were letting them go you know k-state's um they've had plenty of of close games uh twice west virginia came from 10 down but you know what happened at the end uh yeah, controversial, but, you know, K-State, and they'll tell you they should not have been in that predicament, um, you know, to give up that kind of run, to turn it over four times in the, the last minute or so was gone frustrating. But, again, that was just – that was kind of a sign of what the, the season was all about. What needs to change for the K-State women's basketball program to get back on track? Well, from, uh, you know, from my perspective and – you know, the, the way I look, th- look at some things, I think one thing that needs to happen is K-State's got to find a floor general um, that, that can run the show and can do it for a long period of time. You know, they've had some some grad transfers uh, recently. Uh, there's, a I think, a, a chance that Jeff Mitty looks for another grad transfer. And that front, uh, you know, Jada Moore, who was a freshman this year, I think has the ability 
Um, so I think point guard is something you've got to keep an eye on. Uh, I also think that, you know, a couple of things, um, you know, Kansas state's got to get better at handling pressure, handling the basketball. And, and I think, I think growing as, you know, going, uh, growing, excuse me, as a team, um, you know, there's a lot of talent on that squad. They were picked preseason number four in the Big 12 for a reason. Uh, they, got, they got a lot of respect from around the conference. But, you know, I think chemistry-wise, there are some things that can improve as well. But, um, you know, Jeff Mitty and his staff are going to have their work cut out for them on the, on the recruiting trial. I'd, I'd like to see K-State, you know, become a little more athletic. When you look at um, – you know, obviously Baylor, you put Baylor to the side because of what they are, but you know, become more athletic like Texas and West Virginia. Um, you know, they're going to have to get some more scoring pop outside. Uh, I think so. There's, it's not just one or two areas Fitzy. I think there's a number of things that, that have to transpire and, um, you know, we'll see there's very good talent in this state. We'll see if Kansas state's able to land some of those kids coming up. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was a very frustrating year all the way around for, you know, for the, for the staff and for the kids, I'm sure. And I know you're tight on time, but give me your thoughts on how the K-State men finished up winning four out of six and really kind of pushing Baylor at the big 12 tournament. Yeah, I was I was impressed by that. I think again, good things lie in front of this basketball team. Uh, you know, hate to see Antonio Gordon transfer, but it is what it is. And you know, Bruce Weber is going to be involved in the portal. Uh, I'm really I'm really excited about the the kid that's coming from Wisconsin. Fitz, I think he's going to make um, a big difference for this basketball team, especially when he adds another 15 to 20 pounds. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of. Um, you know, Nigel Pack, uh, what Davion Bradford did against Baylor, I think speaks volumes of what he's going to do down the road. I want him to work every day inside of about seven feet and just become a real beast uh, for this squad. Um, you know, again, some guys uh, I think you know, came along during the year. And again, the recruiting trail is going to be big, but, um, you know, as, as much of a grind as it was, especially in that 13 game skid, I think what K-State did in the last few weeks, um, is real positive. And, and I think they're going to be vastly improved come next year. Well, Matt, we'll let you go. Thank you very much. And, uh, we look forward to hearing you on the radio with the K-State baseball program. All right, Fitz, you take care. That was our friend Matt Walters as we wrap up this edition of the Powercat Insiders podcast, our last regularly scheduled one of the year as basketball has come to a halt. However, we will reconvene on occasion probably to discuss baseball because I know a lot of K-State fans are very, very interested in this K-State baseball program, which is showing a great deal of promise. As Matt said, they have no midweek game this week. They have a weekend series at Toynton Family Stadium with New Mexico, a program they met to start the season down in Arizona. They go to Wichita State on Tuesday, March 23rd, before opening up Big 12 play with Oklahoma State on that last weekend of March. Really, really excited to have some baseball here in town, and we will be following along at GoPowerCat.com. Our own Cole Carmody has come on to the staff to help guide us through baseball season, as I know fans are very interested, and in part because basketball was so disappointing this season in Manhattan. And also follow along at GoPowerCat.com for all of the information about K-State recruiting and the transfer portal 
because it's going to be such a huge offseason for Bruce Weber and his coaches. And check out our daily deliveries. They're not daily. I'm a liar. They come about three, four times a week, a little video opinion piece for me as we change our coverage a little bit to be a little more concise and to the point for folks because it's a busy world and we know you want to still find time for K-State sports. Well, I'm Fitz and this has been the Powercat Insiders podcast. We're going to have a couple questions podcast for you this week, a regular version of the questions podcast in which we take your questions from Wabash Station, from our subscribers, and also Zach Carlson and Ryan Gilbert and I will be convening tomorrow, tomorrow for our annual bracket breakdown. We're going to go through the bracket and decide who wins this national championship and see how close we can come to predicting how the Big 12 and everyone else does in the NCAA tournament that starts this weekend. Thank you to Blue Mark Energy for all they do in supporting Kansas State sports, and if you have needs in natural gas i know it's going to be a trying time as prices have spiked make sure you get a hold of blue mark energy out of tulsa they are k-state owned and k-state proud power cat podcast all rights reserved go and spirit street publishing